0: Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you can follow along as we build products in public. Each week, we'll give an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins, and everything in between. I'm Benedict, and I'm feeling excited.
1: And I'm Benedicta. Today is September 27th. This is episode number 154, and I'm feeling playful. So, uh, wh-
0: Did you change it? It was excited like five minutes ago. <laughs>
1: Excited five minutes ago, but then I realized maybe if playful was more correct. I've been trying to just have more fun, I guess, in uh, in my life. And also, I went to order some new glasses because I haven't really had glasses in April because my glasses got so scratched up while we had to wear, um, you know, face masks, and I just put them in my pocket, and they kind of just got Mm. all scratched up they were old anyway and so in april i was like these are just like it doesn't help and then i was like oh i don't see that bad like i you know my vision isn't that bad and then i started getting like really bad headaches coming back from the summer vacation and i went Mm. to the optician, and i was like i need i think i need some new glasses and they were like yeah I mean, your vision is not, like, no. you should not, not be wearing glasses. But while I was there, I, like, you know, looked at the regular glasses, like, typical stuff that I've usually had. And then on my way out, I saw these glasses. And I was like, wow, look at these, and put them on. And they just, like, they looked really good. But then they were like, I can't have those glasses. And then I went home, and b- both my partner and my daughter were like, you need those, and then some other friends as well. So now I have big almost round glasses with kind of a pink shade to them and glitter in there and it just feels like something you're not supposed to own as an adult but then i was like but why like i always thought about having more fun and being jealous of you know lily and my daughter having all these like glitter clothes because they have that in the kids store and not in the adult store and And that I think that was like three weeks ago. And that's when I started to be like, okay, I need to just do more fun stuff. I need to play more. So after that, I've been to like a morning rave. I might have mentioned that last week, but I went. So much fun. It's insane. Like you show up at seven o'clock if you want to. I didn't show up until eight in the morning, that is. And a bunch of adults are having a sober morning rave where you dance for like an hour or two and then you head on to work and it was just so much fun and so many people wearing glitter and i saw this lady like trying to get all the glitter off her cheek and like putting on a sensible <laughs> cardigan in the bathroom before probably heading to her morning meeting um but it was such an energetic way to start the day so yeah glitter glasses morning rave like just trying to have some more uh, fun or play a play a little bit more, but what got Sounds you excited good, yeah. though? Glitter glasses? Do you... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Luckily, I don't need glasses just yet. Like, <laughs> let's wait a couple more years. But at the moment, I'm fine. So, I'm excited about um, yeah, just like the the progress on the 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 message editor, which I now learned officially You were naming this message composer from now on. Um, apparently, oh. that's the. That's the fancy term everyone uses in the industry. So it's a message composer from now on. And um, it's still on schedule to be uh, production ready and deployed to production by Friday. Um, So we're just like polishing a few things, but uh, it's looking really good. And I got like message rendering conversion, which I've kept talking about for the last couple of weeks, down to below 5% of mismatches. And I, think it's mostly books in the old renderer for real by now and i i should probably look again but i last time i checked i didn't see any problems with the new renderer anymore so i i'm excited i'm really looking forward to get this done um, <laughs> i saw you had when, some back
1: and forth with somebody on twitter about like how how did you spend so long like i shipped mine in two days or something how did that conversation go
0: yeah, it's basically, I don't know. Like um I, I spent I, I, I feel like we spent a lot of time polishing this. And I I think it's just really good. Um and the question like it the, the the overarching question is was it worth it in terms of time investment? Because like if you put dollar signs to it, it was quite expensive. Um but I think it's uh it was worth it and um I hope we don't have to a lot of bugs to fix afterwards. So we'll see. I we'll actually sent him the link to the, the preview version a couple of minutes before the call. So let's see what he thinks about our new, our new the editor. Twi-
1: the person that you were talking, about, talking to on Twitter? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, we can probably link to that conversation uh, below because it was kind of interesting because I feel like it's it was a little bit of a difference between the maturity of a product. If I... Just like my gut feeling, if I remember, like my gut feeling is that his product is a little younger than yours. But it's about I might the be same. <laughs> it, oh, it is about the same. Yeah. But it just felt like, you know, you storing everything in the, in, um, and having to have that backward compatibility with the old renderer and stuff. Like there wasn't good, uh, back and, yeah, back and forth. Yeah. I,
0: gu- I guess th- that's also one of the reasons we're not, not just changing the UI, but a lot of like background backend infrastructure as well, which, of course, adds to to the complexity. So maybe it would have been faster without that. But yeah, that's just how it is.
1: But it also just spoke to, like, you're obviously very different people in, like, how you like to work with code. Um, And I, I don't think one is, like, correct. It's just, like, people have different risk tolerances and have different motivations and different... Yeah, I think some people will be kind of energized and motivated by shipping something and then having to fix the bugs, kind of time sensitive. You get that little bit of like extra rush and push and the extra marketing like we talked about, but I don't think maybe that's that's it. But it's like, you know, if you enjoy that kind of, oh, I got to fix this and like work through the night to fix this bug or um, and not everybody kind of get energized by the same stuff, I guess. I don't know. I was just talking out loud here but it was interesting seeing you talk to each other because you're you don't have the yeah, same engineering style we, at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a little bit on the opposite side of the spectrum and the truth probably somewhere in the middle i don't know um but yeah looking looking forward to get it out there and uh being done with it like i mean that's my hope at least like hopefully we spend enough time on it so it's not like we keep fixing bugs for the next couple of weeks because of that. But I mean, who knows? Still probably something small. Um, but hopefully we considered everything that could cause major issues. So yeah. Anyways, looking forward to get that done. Um, yeah. What else is going on on your side of the world?
1: My side my side of the world. We're kind of well, on the it's same side, the same of, the side of the
0: world. Yeah. I'm,
1: and I'm, Isn't it next week I'm coming to the town next over from you uh
0: i think so yeah you mentioned I something think it is like next,
1: that i think it's next week already it feels like i don't know this fall holiday in my mind is like long time in the future but it's not i think it's like monday <laughs> so um so next week there will be no podcast episode because benedict and i will be enjoying seeing each other in person for the first time and i don't know chat about the same things we chat about on the podcast, (laughs) but we won't record it. Um, But other than that, like the last thing that will happen for me this week is that um, I have a meeting with a database startup because I pitched them prune your follows as like a, side project collab i have no idea what to call this thing but um cuz i think i mentioned that like a couple of weeks ago cuz i have to i don't have to but it makes sense to change the database provider now that i don't kind of need Superbase for the login and i realized like you know if, if i could do that in collaboration with a company that kind of needs the demonstration of their service and maybe needs some you know a little bit of just hype and fun and All of that around more but that's things like it's more than a demo because it would actually be a production app that i would kind of do a full kind of marketing style thing build in public like everything we do in our like indie hacking things just that i would get paid from this company instead of like having (laughs) to make money off of the customers um But, yeah, so I don't know. I've seen, like, I talked to some that says there's a book called Traction. And in there, like, one of their tips is something they call engineering marketing. I didn't have time to check up the book. So, because I feel like it's, yeah, it's more than a demo. And it's more than kind of, there will be content coming out of it. But it won't be, like, content first. It will be, like, application first. Or, like, bit, you know, like a... Yeah. This is... um. But I think like if this, but then I started like seeing what people actually have requested for me over the last year. And like, there's there's a lot towards this, but I've been like, can you, I don't know. I've been like weird where I'm like, can you make money out of these things? <laughs> but now I was like, maybe, maybe I could, like if I could, because the thing I'm really good at is like starting and hyping <laughs> side <laughs> projects and having fun with them for like six months to a year. I guess. And then I usually get, like, really tired or, like, bored with them. So, if I could do that, like, as a business, like, my life would be complete. Like, talk about playful. I have so many ideas where I can, like, incorporate technologies in, like, really cool ways. And some of them are more content-heavy and some are more utility-heavy. And if I can, like, yeah, like, if this would be, like, high-end marketing for these companies, like... This could be awesome. But I have no, like, I don't know if there's a mark. There's, I know there's a market for content kind of in the hamster wheel, where it's just like a lot of content, like little content coming out and out. Like, there's an appetite for that. But like, if there's an appetite and like a willingness to pay for like this more kind of high quality, having like a full production thing running, that could both be a marketing tool and a vehicle for content. I don't know, but we'll see. But like,
0: yeah, that's I I, that, that's super interesting, and I I feel like that you might be onto something because, yeah, like engineering as marketing is definitely a a super interesting chapter in the traction book, and um, we've been meaning to do more of this or anything at all at this point.
1: I have ideas for user lists. <laughs> <Just
0: kidding. laughs> that's great. Um, I think kidding. that one of the one of the, that's what it was a joke. Do you have ideas for use list? I'd love to use. Oh,
1: them. I, like I could use them in all of these side projects, right? Because um, they all need email marketing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. I think
0: that's. I mean, the way I understand engineering as marketing, I'm not entirely sure if it's like you're just like using the product somewhere else. I feel like the way engineering as marketing becomes really interesting is for SEO, um, because. So the playbook that I always have in mind when we, when you're talking about this is um, basically having like mini apps on your website. So in, mm-hmm. in subdirectories on your domain with like just useful tools. And then in the end have like powered by or sponsored by or built by whatever company name. And I think the idea is that those tools are like small, self-contained and like useful so that people will start sharing them and linking to them. And you basically get the backlinks to your website, which then, uh, then boosts your like domain authority and stuff like that. Um, and as I said, like, I I feel like we should do more of it, but also, well, it takes away engineering resources, which, which always are like, uh, precious and, um, maybe better used utilized elsewhere uh, like in the actual product but if you figure out a way to basically do this and like allow people to embed it into their website i think you might be onto something for good like this uh there's you can probably uh attribute some like money to it by just having it on and like having people share it and stuff like that I mean, sure. Like having having it on a separate website, I feel like that works as well. I, from what I've heard, is that some people launch them on a separate domain and like a separate project, and once they get traction, they (laughs) merge them into their website. Oh, so then they can get the domain juice. Yes. So that's uh, at some point, (laughs) like you you build it up as an independent thing in the first place, so it looks like not obviously branded and not obviously Mm -hmm. a marketing play. (laughs) And then, I don't know, a couple of months yeah. after, you you re- just redirect the domain and uh, uh, incorporate the tool into your actual website.
1: Yeah, because I think it depends a little bit. Because I, I also, the the little I've heard of k- kind of engineering marketing is kind of like sawdust from your actual work. Like you made a tool internally or you yeah. um, you take a little piece of your product and you open source it or you make it as like a separate standalone product or something like that. So this would be more on the side of, I remember like Llama Life made this fidget spinner and like people love the fidget spinner. And then she was like, hey, a little llama coming out from the side saying, like, hey, do you wanna um do you wanna check out Llama Life? And that's like one of her biggest um sources of traffic because like people yeah. are bored, they fidget spin and then they're like, Well, do you want some focus? Head on over to Lama Life. So it's a really good combination. So I feel like this depending on the pr- project that I would do for different companies, like it would fall into like a little bit of different categories. Like this one, it's just like powered by like, this would be powered by this database. But what I think could be interesting is that is that kind of content angle, because they all want more content, but it like at least me as a developer, like it gets kind of boring with like the the Pokemon API and the Star Wars API, and then it's the Star Wars <laughs> API again. And then um, it's kind of like the same little demos that goes mm. around. And <clears throat> it can be useful if you just want to like, oh, how do I hook this up? And you check out this blog post, which is kind of a tutorial and it's it's good content. You get the stuff done. But if you want kind of that next level of of content, it could be interesting to have like an original product because then you can make all kinds of things around it. Like it's a good sun kind of for like a lot of different activities depending on what um they might want and then and then for this product it could even be like because i would like to show off how we could pay like add payment with this technology as well uh so there could be like a free plan which is like sponsored by or powered by and then there could be a paid plan not that i think a lot of people would pay but like it could be fun to have both of those just because then you can also create the tutorials around how do you do payment gateways using um, using Stripe, I guess, in this technology. Um, so there's so many fun things you could do. But yeah, but is there money? Yeah, looking... Will people pay? Is that is the
0: question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, looking forward to hear yeah, how it goes. Like, um, it definitely sounds interesting. Like, it's like like we kind of want to do this, but it always, I always feel like I'm I'm working on the wrong things when playing around with like small side project thingies like that. I always feel like there's so much more stuff on the actual product that that feels like it's more important. But who knows? Like, I mean, if one of those side projects takes off, that might be worth the effort, um, even if like ninety percent are never used. So yeah,
1: yeah. but I think like you need to have that time to do more out of it because you you probably can't. like with the fidget spinner for Llama Life, she couldn't predict that it would take off, but talking about how she made it and talking about like, then she had something kind of valuable to share in the conversation on Twitter and kind of in other conversations with people, you you can kind of use it. So even if it doesn't like become a huge hit on its own, you still have had kind of value out of it kind of along the way. Um, but then you need to have time to do those activities as well, not just make the thing and then it doesn't take off and like, it was kind of wasted. But if you have like other activities connected to it, it doesn't have to kind of blow up on its own. But what's interesting with Prune My Follows so far, as so a Prune Your Follows, is I got like 60 people signing up. And I, of course, have their Twitter handles. And they're like all developers, obviously, because those are the people I reach on Twitter. And this was a thing many of them wanted. So it's like an added, like going to this company, it's like, okay, if we keep on doing this, you know, you will be exposed to two developers who who might be interested in checking out your, um, out your technology. So it's kind of like, I don't know, but yeah, but sometimes I'm like, could it be like, could, could I be allowed to make a living out of this? Like that? (laughs) Like just like play and get paid for it. Um, so we'll see. But and it kind of works alongside because you know, our focus has been the cloudinary plugins. And I've seen that the the no, not the cloudinary plugins, the Gatsby plugins, and we've been working with the cloudinary plugins. But um, when we've been looking at like who owns the plugins, it's always the Devrel team or the dev advocacy team, or I'm not sure dev experience, I don't know what to call their called different things in different companies. So they kind of own integ- own integration and underneath that then the Gatsby plugin. And they are also kind of that department that would do these types of kind of side project as marketing or whatever you want to call it. Um, so we would still for both of those avenues sell to the same people, which I feel makes sense um, as well as f- from a strategy point of view, like we could make a plugin for them and then we could upsell like a really cool kind of demonstration project for them using the plugin or other technologies. Um, so it kind of fits together in a way.
0: Kind of becomes but, yeah. like DevRel content production as a service, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and I know there are like, there there are these content farms kind of, and I've talked to some who have gotten stuff back from some of these like with bugs and they can't publish the tutorials because they're not working so I think they're like for a long time I think content was like let's get the cheapest people like just get like you know we just want to get articles out there for SEO and you don't really care about the quality as much but I think maybe that has changed and maybe there's room for both like maybe there are room for the kind of a lot cheap but then also maybe there's room for like some really high-end kind of demo content devrel as a service type thing (laughs) if somebody listening has a name for this please please let me know
0: (laughs) i can totally get behind the idea of like there being room for both and honestly like if it if things were working the way i want them to work like i'd I'd love to, to see just like high quality content on our blog and stuff like that. But unfortunately Google, I mean, they claim to be like uh, uh, caring about that stuff and like write useful content for the user and blah, la. Blah, blah. But I mean, at least I'm not sure how it is with like the, the, the recent updates uh, in the, in the engine, but at least in the past it was like, yeah, like it, in the end it doesn't care about good quality content. It just, cares about there being a lot (laughs) so there was this tendency of like just getting as you said like cheap cheap writers to write a lot of content but i always like we always felt like the content we got back was uh, like nothing great it's yeah it maybe makes google happy but it's not content that people would get excited about and start sharing and maybe even remembering of like, oh, I read this really good piece on uh, on the userless blog and like basically having positive effect on the brand. Um, and I think we're getting there by just like, yeah, writing more stuff ourselves again these days and also looking at ways to, I don't know, find better writers, I guess, mm-hmm. like instead of having agencies produce semi-good uh content, like just find a couple people who are probably more expensive but will produce like high level um uh, high quality high quality content for us. And I guess I mean userless itself isn't as much of an, an engineering product or a developer type project. But like if you can provide a similar service, but for those companies targeting developers where your content isn't necessarily blog posts or tutorials but actual code that's I think that's interesting and I feel like people would want to hire for that or like outsource that because like even even screening like independent developers to do like one of projects for you like that that's, that's a lot of work and you're not sure like if people have the reputation or, or they might not have reputation at all and you're just like you have to give them a try and see what you get back and maybe it's not what you expected so yeah developer content agency something like that
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i guess it is like kind of like a um, fractional dev rel job or like dev dev advocacy role kind of where you but instead of kind of being on the team and doing multiple things you we would sell doing this one project and then a set of activities around that one, like a marketing campaign, right? That you do with an agency, but like you would do that with us. Yeah. Like you said, like develop, developer for, like if you want to reach developers, um, yeah. So I mean, there. I guess I'll have to look at some of these kind of like the the really high end like content companies and also the really kind of high end marketing companies. Like, how do they package? these things so that it makes sense to outsource and kind of have as a distinct thing. But on the on the content side, while I was researching, I came over this really good company, it, it looks really good and it came like referred on Twitter from somebody I trust um, that seems to be doing this with content. So I'll send you the link after the, or we can put the link in the show notes, but they look like really serious and they do kind of similar things with like micro sites also, like if you want to, they can like make like a whole magazine for a company. They had like Dropbox, mm. I think, as a company. And they like make a magazine where they talk about things that people that might need Dropbox, you know, could need. Um, and it's as you said, like for user list, it's not necessarily the developers who are gonna look at your comp- or choose to use user list. So it would make more sense to do that type of content. Um, and at least I've sent your templates, your email templates, like to so many people, um, I don't know if they become customers, but like everybody has come back being like, these templates are awesome. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of what we were talking about. Like that's so, yeah. like, you had to look through emails, like you have to help people get started anyway, and you have these templates and you could make them into something useful that people need and want outside of that product. And I think that's one of those things you remember it came from user list. So maybe like even five, 10 years down the road, you're like, oh, now I need this high quality kind of email yeah. provider. That was user list. But yeah. yeah, generic SEO blog posts, you don't remember who you're, you're like. <laughs> yeah,
0: they, they, it, they, it doesn't even matter who wrote them because you're you, you're probably bouncing anyways, right?
1: Yeah, but I think it's like what they say, I guess with marketing, it's like you have that kind of brand awareness piece and then you have the kind of, you know, click through ads, like it's different things. And I think creating something code wise that is high quality to reach developers is more of that getting a genuine connection, brand awareness, like quality stuff. It's not to get like a million visitors through Google. Like that's not that's yeah. not what you're trying to do with that. You're trying to actually make an impact with the people who engage. So, but we'll see. Anyway, this is very playful. <laughs> <laughs> back to my playfulness um and uh like there's so many activities i would love doing um so we'll see we'll see um but yeah if you have a word for this like if this already exists out there please send me links and terminology so i can seem much smarter than i actually am (laughs) when it comes to these things yeah (laughs) but other than that so i think that's that's been me. Like, also, I've been reviewing uh, Ula's work on the Cloudinary plugins, and I really enjoy not having to do all of that myself. <laughs> just having, <laughs> you know, having somebody do uh, do things, and I can just be like, you know, you you have to fix that, or like this is really good, or and then uh, he keeps on updating, and uh, he's got his first pull request, I guess merged. And released with Semantic Release today because I added Semantic Release, which is always a pain. But when it's done, it's <laughs> such a joy to have in place. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, that's that's it for me that I see from the notes that you've also done some mentoring.
0: Yeah, um, I actually joined an initiative called First Ruby Friend. Yeah, first Ruby friend. And it's an initiative by Andy Kroll, who I met at a conference a couple of years ago for <laughs> a nice dude. Um, but the basic idea is that if you're joining the Ruby community these days, um it's it's tough to get like c- to get started and build relationships. And the idea of this initiative is to connect people who want to learn Ruby or just started to learn Ruby with like mentors who have some experience with Ruby. And I've been doing this for quite a while. And it's, I don't know, it's, it wasn't a big commitment. So I just signed up. And a couple of weeks ago, I got a mentee assigned. And we finally managed to uh, jump on a call uh, yesterday and just chat about stuff uh, Ruby related. And it actually, turns out like he's been working with Ruby for the last two years. So it's not like he's brand new to this. Um, but he's newer but than in the- you,
1: which I guess is. Is the point. Which I guess is
0: the point, yeah. Um <laughs> but he asked an interesting question. Um, and I've been thinking about this ever since. And basically, one of his one of the things he, he mentioned was he wants to become a senior engineer, a senior software engineer. And he was basically asking what I need to do to become a senior software engineer. And that turned out to be a tough question to answer because I feel like while everyone has like a rough idea, or at least thinks they have a rough idea, what a senior software engineer is actually doing or what that entails, I
1: have no idea I, what I, that I, means in, in today's terminology.
0: Yeah, like, but, but putting it into <laughs> but words. I know what is I like, mean. Su- yeah. It's super, super hard. So, yeah, maybe let me ask you what what's a senior engineer for you? What What are senior. qualities of a senior engineer?
1: Did I just say I knew what I meant when I thought about it? I don't. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I feel, I don't know, because the thing is, kind of like you, I've worked a lot on my own, like as the programmer, I've often been hired in and I've kind of, I've been the only one working with my technology, so I haven't had that much exposure, (laughs) I guess, to how (laughs) others work, but a little bit. But I feel like... A lot of it has to do with kind of uh oh, what's it proactivity Is, that's the word right proactivity i feel like you know Probably people who not. are more senior and i don't know if that's just like because you're more senior or if it's a trait that gets you to become senior in a way or like to get kind of climb up the career ladder or whatever i mean we both kind of jumped off that so it's funny that we, <laughs> we are sitting here talking about that but I feel like at least what I get the most kind of feedback on that people like when I've been um, in-house consulting or contracting is that you take ownership, that I take ownership and that I'm proactive. I'm not just like waiting for for little tasks to be assigned to me. Or, you know, if there are no tasks on the Jira board or the whatever board, um, I just don't like check, sit there and read newspapers until somebody creates a task. Like then I'll be like, oh, you know, I know some things that need to be done. I can create some tasks and I'll do those tasks uh, or go like talk to somebody. Like being proactive and, and seeing what needs to be done and um and not just like sitting back and waiting for things to be assigned to you, I think is one of my major pet peeves. <laughs> 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 so maybe not just senior, but like, I don't know. Um because we can all take more, on- or I think people can often take more ownership. Like, you don't, you often don't need to be like get permission. Like, somebody doesn't have to tell you, like, you are allowed to make that. You're allowed to clean up the documentation. You're allowed to, like, you are allowed to, like, you're the people around you and your manager will love it if you start just like doing things while waiting for, you know, for your proper assignments or whatever you're waiting for. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah that makes sense to you? <laughs>
0: that, uh, uh, that makes sense. And I think uh, I, I have a similar idea of, like, I feel like once you become a senior or, like, as a senior, you should be able to just, like, work on problems instead of tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of, like, getting told, like, hey, we need this and it should do this, this, and this, and for, for that, you, like, write some code here, write some code there, and then this is how it connects or whatever – you get a task and or a problem, something like uh, basically a user story as a customer, I want to be able to sign up for the product um, so that whatever. And I think as a senior, you should be able to take that, break it down into maybe smaller projects, smaller problems. And then from those come up with the tasks that need to be done and work on them. And, um, yeah, basically, a little bit work on a higher level of sorts, and not like just on tasks, but on problems and actually solving problems. I feel like that's a trait of a senior software engineer. Yeah.
1: But how do you learn that? I find that is super hard because now that that Ola, my partner, has also learned to code. Like I would assign him problems, which was like he was not at a level where that yeah it could work. Um, so I had to teach myself again to like make more task oriented issues and also kind of give away a lot of the solution and not be like, well, I could just do it myself, you know, cause like it almost takes me much, much time to write this issue as it would have been to just do it. Um, But I had to like do that. And now I'm reaping the benefits because, <laughs> because yeah. now I can, I can go a little higher in the level of tasks that I'm giving because like he, it doesn't need to be as detailed. but i th- but I think then, as a if we're if you're trying to get further up the chain, like you could try to to take more responsibility and then like give it a go in breaking it down and then go to somebody more senior and be like, This is how I would have done it.' And then that person can be like, well, you know, experience or gut feeling like you want to go down a different path, but like give it a go and like, you know, dare to fail. Right. And then kind of not fail in production necessarily, but like fail on breaking the task down and and having a go of like taking a task that's a little higher level than you usually do. And then just and then give it a go, I guess. I think. Kathy Sierra, which is wrote badass, which is on skill acquisition or skill building. Um, It's you want to be like at that edge of what you're 100% comfortable doing. um, And then like just across the edge to like not comfortable. Because if you go too high, like if you're like, oh, I want to be senior, so just assign me a problem. And then you're like, I can't even start, right? Because you're not there yet. So, and I guess then you would have to maybe educate the people around you as well, or like ask for like I need a little higher, but not too high, <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, since, yeah, yeah.
0: But you also touched on a good point that didn't come to mind until you mentioned it. I feel like being able to teach or like to guide like less experienced developers is also a trait of a senior developer. Um, like once you once you know how to to break stuff down, like being able to communicate that and like guide people, and and maybe even like yeah educate people. I feel like is a trait of senior developers as well. And yeah, should sure. that be like, like a love...
1: staff engineer or a principal uh, I don't engineer? Know. <laughs>
0: I, like at this point, like it's just, I don't, <laughs> I don't care about no, the labels but, that much, but, but I guess but it, that's one of the progression true, steps, yeah. like being, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not really sure where I read this or where I got this from, but there, there's this concept of like a knowledge letter or something like that, which has like five steps and like step one is like being able to do a task. And then uh, I don't remember what step two or whatever, but one of the higher steps was, being able to teach mm-hmm. that task or that that skill is like one of the highest levels possible because um yeah like just being good at this is one thing at this is one thing but being able to reflect and like put yourself in the shoes of a beginner and then telling them how to do it that, that's probably like the the highest level of uh, of knowledge super, you can get super
1: super hard like i I have like I have not achieved that level. (laughs) No,
0: me neither. At least I mean on some Uh, things maybe, but like on a lot of things it's just hard. Like you feel like you know it, but then you try to explain it and suddenly realize that it's just gibberish and you don't make any sense.
1: (laughs) Because I think like a lot of it at at one point is kind of gut feeling, right? You can feel this is the correct solution, but it's really hard to explain why and how sometimes to somebody else. Like, you know what path you want to go down, but you don't really, like, you can't really explain it. And I think that is an interim kind of place to be where, like, you can trust or gut instinct, like, you haven't that enough experience, but you might not have, like, the language or yeah the language for it or like the understanding of your own gut feeling um but i yeah. think also it's just lack like, of like having worked too much alone i would say it's a little bit of just practice like i don't like i've never had to talk to anybody about my craft really and then um and i think that's one of the things that streaming and like like writing blog like writing my e- daily emails like sometimes i'm like this is not Like this email is not good but at least like i've I've tried to write something and then the next time it comes out better right because it is practice that part is also practice and as you say it's really high up on the on the knowledge knowledge ladder um and it's a totally different skill and i think a lot of people changing into the career like many of them have those skills like they just need to get the technical competency and in place kind of. And then when they kind of get higher up on the ladder, they have a lot of those kind of core skills that have nothing to do with um, like tech, really. It's it's about teamwork and business and communication and all of those Yeah, yeah. actually hard things, <laughs> some of us engineers would say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's also this argument to be made um, that you become a senior developer by just doing it for a long, long time, and at some point you've basically seen all the problems that you can run into um or at least like problems that look very similar to problems you experienced before um so maybe one one key to this is just like staying with it, it and like keep keep at it and uh just grind it out, I guess. <laughs>
1: But I think it's interesting because uh, we talked about this a little bit. And I I, uh, somebody I follow on Twitter, Swissek, has like he's w- written a book, Senior Mindset. And I think in the quote for that book, he was like he came to Silicon Valley and he was like the shit like he's a really good engineer. Um, and at some point he was like on top of the world and he got called in for a performance review. And they were like, you're the best engineer we have, but we would fire you like or we kind of (laughs) want to fire you because like he was a really good engineer but he and then I guess you have to read the book to understand everything else but I read some of his emails and and I think that goes back to kind of like he's seen all the problems he could solve any problems but he hadn't then taken the time to do those next step of teaching and unlocking others and being kind of a being somebody that could help others excel because in a team I guess uh you like It's better that everybody contributes quite a lot than having like two people on top being like, really, you know, can hack out anything. Because like you could get hit by a bus tomorrow and like the yep, rest of the totally. team will need to take over your 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 stuff um yeah so I think that was like interesting because he was like absolutely feeling like he was killing it because he was just such a good engineer um and then the feedback was like well
0: <laughs> we you yeah, don't really like,
1: want you here. like
0: <laughs> I guess that's a real problem yeah like uh if you're at a super high level and like doing stuff that others don't quite get. Um, it might not be good for a company itself, and it, I mean, that's the that's the this weird thing about code. Like sometimes, the clever code isn't necessarily the best one, because uh, yeah, it's super smart, but in the end if you're the only one who's able to work on it again in the future and you yourself might not even be able to, because like six months from now you maybe don't understand what you (laughs) you were doing in the first place.
1: Everything you did.
0: Um, I guess like that's also a skill of like writing code in a way or architecting software in a way that it's easy to understand and like easy to reason about and easy to get back into. Um, and I'm not sure I've got a, a recipe on how to get there other than trying it a lot of times and uh, <laughs> and, and failing and, and, and trying to do sim- stuff simpler. Well, thinking about maybe like one thing that, that I think leveled up my understanding of code was like just reading a lot of source code. Like not necessarily books, but I don't know, picking like going to GitHub, looking up one of the projects you use a lot and just diving into the code, like, and just trying to understand how everything fits together and how they're doing certain things. Um, That helped a lot to, to get better with like just overall software architecture and even like small things like some teachers, Oh, there's a method for this. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, So reading a lot of code, I guess is, as important as writing a lot of code, maybe more, probably more, I guess. But then like again, that. just reading isn't, isn't, isn't sufficient either.
1: No, but I like what, at least when I'm trying to learn a framework, I always try to kind of like break it a little bit or like, you know, trying to post little questions to myself. Like if I wanted to do this, like, how could I do, how could I do it? And like, how could I do it in a way that seems the way the framework wants to be used, something I keep saying, which I also find it's hard to explain because I do see a lot of people picking up frameworks and then just like doing it the way they're used to and not utilizing the framework. And I guess like a way to understand how to utilize the framework would be to look at good examples. But then there are also so many bad examples. So it's hard to know which ones are the good examples and and the bad examples. But as you say, if you read a lot, um, but I think just having something that lives over time. So even if like if you make a side project, uh, or if you work at a company where you get to work on the same code base for a longer time, like that's a way to really understand like what your choices actually mean for future you. Because doing like these tutorial type projects, like you're not going to be going back into that code six months from now trying to fix something. But maybe you could do that, like as a that could be a way to do it, like do a tutorial kind of like halfway through now and then like ping yourself in three months and then go back and see how fast can you get back into this? And like, what is what is your kind of reaction to your own code three months down the road or like six months down the road it could be way to, um, to accelerate that kind of learning. Um, but also these days with all the open source, like you can pick up bug tickets. Now we're coming into Hacktober. There's going to be like a bunch of um, first-time contributor type issues out yeah. there um and also i think like fixing bugs is a really good way to understand because then you ha- often have to understand how a project is is put together before you can fix the bug often um so like yeah. fixing bugs in in your favorite projects like you said then you have to read it you have to understand it, and you have to fix something but you're not responsible for it for the next like ten years, you can do that one bug, and then they'll be super happy, and you can kind of leave that project, and and that's a way to get exposure to different ways of thinking, uh, and also where you're not allowed to just like rewrite everything the way you like it.
0: <laughs> the project exists;
1: yes. you have to you have to kind of adapt to their way of doing things, and then um, and then like fix the bug with as, as little kind of side effects as possible. I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Huh. We should pick this up again, and maybe we should have Swissic on and he can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> like what he meant. Um. But but yeah. But you said something about uh, language earlier.
0: I said something I about language? in our pre,
1: in pre in the pre show or was it the notes? Like picking up different languages and and not only work in one. Oh right. Yeah. I feel one like language.
0: I'm not sure like, if you necessarily have to pick up other languages that much, but I feel like getting to a level where you understand the problems or the solutions to the problems in a way where you could, in theory, implement it in any language, because ultimately, yes, we all love our programming languages, and yes, some are like slightly better suited for some type of problem than others, but for the most part for most of the stuff we're doing on day to day it doesn't it doesn't matter and the solutions look almost exactly the same just one thing is using is using i don't know def end and the other one is using using function and curly braces or something like that but the overall the overall implementation or the overall architecture even is is the same or super similar and getting to a level where you understand that Frameworks and programming languages are just tools. I feel like that's also a trade you you can get as a senior developer or you should get when you when you when you level up
1: and I would say like the defining characteristic of somebody who is more senior is it depends. <laughs> Yes,
0: I knew this one was coming. <laughs> if like any like any question comes up and your default answer is it depends, um you've you've made it, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um and I feel like that ties in with do not bash other frameworks in public because it does not make you look good at all. <laughs> it like doesn't. it it yeah. it shows off that you are not as experienced because most people that are experienced will be able to see the pros and cons of several frameworks and also if they do harbor feelings about another framework they would just not bash it on the internet because that's that's just not very mature
0: that's true and also (laughs) like even (laughs) even getting upset about stuff that doesn't really affect you it's just like you just have an opinion like that's that's waste of energy
1: <laughs> then you could join me in a more sober morning <laughs> rave instead to get that kind of energy exactly. out of your system yeah
0: and as long as you use bases instead of tabs you're good
1: right <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna cut it there um, <laughs> I will see you in person next week and I will see everyone else around the interwebs
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah. See you again in two weeks and see you specifically next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.